RSL lose to Miami and draw against St. Louis to open the season. You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. and welcome to this episode of Here at the Riot, uh, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. Um, I am your host, Dax, and I'm here with your other host tonight, Josh. How how are you tonight, Josh? Good. I'm doing good. There you have it. <laughs> no more details. That... That's all you get. That that that's a wrap, folks. See you next week. <laughs> uh, but no, we got some hard-hitting RSL stuff to talk about tonight. Um, mainly the start of the season, which is exciting. Yes, it's time to overreact over the first week and pack it up because RSL is winless. Yep. Time time to enter rebuild mode. No hope. <laughs> Nothing we can do. I, I uh, not really, but it is disappointing. I'm going to it's going to be interesting cuz I mean, we haven't really talked about beforehand like our you know what we thought about. I I'm interested to hear what you think about their performance and mm-hmm. what it means. So It'll be, it's going to be so fun. Yes. All right. So let's get some news out of the way first. Um, we'll talk Royals first. Yeah, Royals. So Ali Sentnor was the number one overall pick in the, uh, the NWSL college draft. Um, he has officially signed with the Royals. And then... Outside of that, uh, we got the kit reveal, which it looks pretty similar. The yellow one looks similar to RSL's kit from last year and their way kit the, this year, the beehive kit. Mm-hmm. And then they also have the purple, like a dark purple. Yeah. So there's less, like, flare on them. Then on the RSL kits this year, they're very plain, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. Some no. people prefer that. So, nope, that is true. And I, I mean, they look they look good. Um, so yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Go look up a picture if you don't if you can't picture it in your head. Yes, yeah, and uh, their season is starting soon. Yes. Give me starts the, day, Jax. the first the first game is on March 16th so in about two-ish weeks a little more than two weeks from today nice so it'll be we still don't know where those games are gonna be televised at do we uh it's probably same as last year Paramount plus oh yep I know, I know. I I'm just, I guess I'm just gonna have to get. How long is the season? How many weeks? I'll have to get that many new emails. It starts after MLS and then ends before MLS. That's not saying much because MLS is nearly year round at this point. Yeah, I think they end in like late August, September. I want to say. Yeah, that that sounds about right. But I'm guessing. It's been a while since I watched the NWSL. Since the Royals were gone. But well, uh, but yeah. So there's some Royals news. Uh, the last bit that I just remembered. Um, Ify, I don't know if I'm saying her first name right. Onumonu. Uh, plays for Nigeria internationally. Uh, played some games for them recently. So all right, very cool. 
As far as I know, that's the only international representation we have on the Royals, as things currently stand. All right, then. But, uh, but yeah. So that wraps up the Royals section. And uh, really all of the news. We don't have much more. Oh, I totally forgot to put this in the in my notes, but uh, you know how Kevin Bonilla didn't travel mm-hmm. to the Miami game? Yeah. Um, he tore his ACL in the final preseason game. No! So he had surgery to repair it. He is out for the entire 2024 season. Well, that's... That sucks. Right. It's Well, it's a really tough spot for him, especially, because uh-huh. he only signed a one-year deal. Yeah. So, literally, he signed for one year, and then he didn't... He's going to be hurt that entire year. So... Is the club going to sign him again and give him a shot, or is he just out of luck? Well, which which day he did he play in the Toronto game with, like, the B team? Yeah, it was the Toronto game where he mm-hmm. tore his ACL. Well, yeah, I don't know then. Cause... Yeah, so... So that'll be something to watch, something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Bummer for him. Yeah. That's why we... I mean, I think Anelli was going to play more in the midfield anyways. Mm-hmm. Or wait, no. What am I saying? I think that's why Anelli played right back. Um, And then because Anelli was pulled out of the midfield playing wing back because we lost Bonilla, that's why we called up Noel, Noel Kaliskan. Ah, uh, I was wondering because he they said he was signed on a, on a hardship, and I'm like, what? Like what's the hardship here like we should have all like we should have all of our players right but yeah it was the bonia injury interesting and so we shifted anelli to wing back for at least one of those matches mm-hmm. um and then then we were thin in the midfield so that's why we called him up but uh but yeah so so yeah um i guess we can just go into the games now yeah that leads right into it so we played the first game of the 2024 mls season we were the only game wednesday night and it was the ugliest game of soccer i've watched in a long time (laughs) yeah just overall it really it really screamed first game of the season didn't it yes oh it was so ugly. Yeah. And, you know, mind you, it was, it was not the first game of the season because RSL was playing. It was the first and no one no one else played. No one else could share the spotlight with RSLs because they played against Miami. Of course. Of course, because, you know, messy and stuff. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, so we this was the game where we started Anelli at right back. Uh Brody mm-hmm. at left back, Palacio Ojeda, Ruiz at the ten. Which we were wondering about Ruiz at the ten. It, it seems happened. Like, it seems like until Crooks is ready to start, uh Ruiz will be starting at the ten. Mm-hmm. So yeah. be prepared for more of that. I know a lot of people are mad about that. And they think he's better playing deeper. I agree. But who else is going to play the 10? Luna is the only other person that's going to play the don't. 10. Yeah, then we don't have a wing. Right. Then you're playing either Chang or Barajas. I mean, I don't, I don't hate Luna at the 10, Barajas. Or, you know, with some wing. combination of that. That doesn't sound too bad. Um, but I don't know. At some point it's just about getting your best players onto the field. Yes. And, and of the starting 11 we had against Miami, uh, Ruiz and Luna were the only two that I think are capable of playing the 10. Yeah. Like, I, I think I saw someone say like Palacio, Anelli or Ojeda would all be better options up there. And I, Uh... 
I just couldn't disagree with that more. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's a pretty hot take. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, nah, no way. Like, Ruiz is creative. That's what he brings to the table for this team. Mm-hmm. Creativity. So, yeah. But uh, it was a game. Um, Miami played all their old people. All of them. The yep. full, the full strength. Luis Suarez looks like he is in pain constantly. I mean, he was visibly limping by the twentieth minute. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that's interesting because he's what, like thirty-four years old at this point. Mm-hmm. So, like, I understand that you want to get, you know, Messi's getting the band back together, love handle style. Um. But, like, at what point does that, like, compromise, like, you know, like, what, yeah. what does that, like, what does it do to your team? And I, I kind of feel like that was evident in the game that they, you know, this isn't a Miami podcast, but we can talk about them a little bit. At, at Like, it's it was evident in that game that, like, that is essentially their weakness, is that, like, their team is, can literally, like... Their starters can only go like 50 or 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then like after that, you know, what you, you what changes are you going to make to to supplement that? Um so, yeah, that that was interesting to see. I I Busquets as well. Like he wasn't visibly limping, but like dude's old and he can't he can't hang with the young guns. Yeah, and he had a ton of giveaways. Uh-huh. Which we also had a ton of giveaways, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so this one, I mean Man, I don't know the goals. I'm trying to think back. The Robert Taylor goal is just we don't track the runner. I don't know. Like uh, it feels like Vera doesn't put in a whole lot of effort to try and get the block in. Yeah. But he's just kind of running with him. But McMath, also people... Sorry, what were you going to say? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, McMath absolutely should have saved that. Like, yeah. And I kind of feel like McMath was kind of all over the place in that game. He had a few moments, like the time when he came out of the box and headed it, and I uh-huh. was like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Like, I feel like he's trying to get more involved as like sort of a sweeper-keeper. Like, mm-hmm. in very choice moments, but he still hasn't mastered, like, that. Like, knowing when to go forward and when to stay back, you know? Right. Um, because, yeah, there were definitely some moments where he, like, came out and, like, he didn't get he didn't get the ball. Or, like, he got the ball, but it fell right to a Miami player. And it's like, okay, like, you didn't really need to come out there. And now you put the ball in a dangerous position. And now you're out of position. So, yeah, McMath kind of had a, a shaky game, in my opinion. First goal was, I mean, it wasn't 100% his fault, but he definitely should have made that save. Yeah. Um, the second goal, we just got picked apart on the counter. And yeah. It really only happened because we were pushing so hard for a goal. Mm-hmm. Which, I... I mean, it goes back to the first goal, because if we're like if we're not in a position where we need to score like we're obviously going to take less risk right and against a team like Miami that can only go 60 minutes like we said like that's huge knowing when to like when you can actually like push and, and attack and you're not going to get beat like that so yeah just kind of a kind of a tough situation to be in but like you know yeah, basically the entire second half, um, Miami couldn't escape. Mm-hmm. Like they were just defending super deep because their front two were Messi and Suarez, and they don't put in any work Def- off yeah. the ball. Yeah. So like, there were so many times I remember where, like Miami would actually win it and clear it, and it would go right to like Vera or Glad, who would easily win it from Messi or Suarez. Because half the time, Messi and Suarez weren't even making an attempt to win the ball, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
but then they led the counterattack for that second goal. So, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but this is a trend with this team. Like we, when we have the majority of the possession, it's harder for us to score because we just don't have the talent Mm -hmm. on the attacking side to break down teams that are really, really defending hard. Yeah. Like anytime we get into a situation where we like are comfortably possessing in their half and we're probing and probing and trying to find a goal that almost always ends poorly for us because we can't score and then the longer that goes on, the higher the likelihood they get a good counterattack, mm-hmm. which is what happened in this one. And and that's um, interesting because like Pablo has specifically stated that that's how he wants to play. Yeah, he he, he wants to be able to break teams down. Mm-hmm. And, that's the focus. That's the tactical shift. And ooh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and it like part part of it honestly because. There were there were a lot of chances in that game that RSL should have put away, um, but part of that I feel like is like like you you have to be able to put away the chances that you're given in any sort of game, and I feel like Chicho was just he was kind of like kind of he looked kind of rusty. Yeah, like he, that's he, a good word. He he didn't he didn't look sharp first of all, and like y- you you need him to be able to um to take advantage of of those chances, right? Mm-hmm. And that 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 honestly really killed us. It was the 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 majority of it was like yeah like good you know able to maintain possession and then as soon as we tried to go forward we were just missing that like the last pass or the you know the last finish to actually take advantage of of a chance that was given and mm-hmm. that happened just constantly over and over again um and chicho being rusty was a big part of that because that that's just how it's going to be if you're going to play with one striker right he's yeah. got to be on point and he just wasn't yeah, and I mean, this is. I like that we want to play this way, but we only have one designated player. And yeah, like, for for this to work, your midfield needs to be like killer. Yeah, and our defense needs to never concede. Uh huh. Because we can't. Our offense can't reliably score. Mm-hmm. Like the best teams you look at LAFC they on a regular basis score two or more goals a game yeah like they almost never get shut out you know they almost always get at least one Mm -hmm. and even that's infrequent usually it's two or more um and that is not the case with this team Mm -hmm. so our defense has to then make up for it and we have a bang average defense yeah. in MLS. So one thing I will say, and I and I don't know if you agree with this or not, I feel like Justin Glad looked really good, especially in this Miami game. Like, I I feel like he was he was sharp, he was ready. Uh, I don't know that he really stood out to me in a good way or a bad way. All right. So I don't know that I can agree with you, but I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> All right, that's that's we'll, fine. We'll go with that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Ah, man, I don't know. I didn't feel like anyone really had a good game. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, dude, I Julio I think off the bench. Okay. I thought he, Julio looked like our best attacking player. Yeah. Yeah. And I either I either him or Gomez. Him. They were they were the ones who made like had the most like um 
they created the most chances by themselves. Yeah, Gomez for me though just wasn't as dangerous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways. Uh we need to talk about the Brody incident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard about this. Brody gets stepped on, like, really badly, by the way. Mm -hmm. He's not faking it. He, like, he looks genuinely hurt. Well, you can and... see it on his hand. Like, after, if you watch, you can see it on his hand. Yes, like, it was it's... very visible. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah, and Messi decides to take advantage of that and chip it over Brody as he's hurt on the ground to try and create space and get a shot off. A lot of people are like, wow, Messi's so cool, using every little advantage he can find. Other people were like, that's really disrespectful. How dare he? It's kind of both for me. Like, mm -hmm. I think that he probably thought Brody was an actually hurt yeah because like he wasn't there and how are you supposed to know mm -hmm. unless you saw it um but yeah i don't know it, it was pretty crazy like the precision to chip it over like that but what i love more than the play was brody's reaction <laughs> yeah so like every news outlet afterwards was talking about it um, and no one was calling Brody by name. Literally, it was like ESPN, like Lionel Messi chips it over an injured player. And I'm like, okay, that injured player has a name, dude. Yeah. Which ESPN and being bad at reporting what's new, they've been going <laughs> downhill for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just even more disrespect to Brody. Yeah. <laughs> and Brody was really chill with it. And he like posted on his Instagram and like tagged ESPN and was like, yeah, that's me. He's like, that was me. Yeah. My name's Andrew Brody. Like he didn't, he didn't say that. I forget what exactly he said, but it was all in good fun. He took it well. Yeah. And I was like, you know, regardless of how he plays, I love Andrew Brody. What mm -hmm. a guy. Our, our good old Uber driver. Yes. For, I mean, he does, I guess he doesn't drive Uber anymore. Former Uber driver. Yeah, it's that's turning into the new Zach Wilson's mom. <laughs> where, like, we can't go a game without someone mentioning that he used to be an Uber driver. I'm mm -hmm. like, could we move on from that? He's you know, not anymore. You know, it's interesting because you know how every time Seattle plays, they're like, uh, well, Christian and Alex are brothers, and it's like, okay, um, that that made its way into the the Galaxy, um, game because one of their like trainers is a Roldan brother. Oh my goodness! And so now they're like, whenever the trainer comes out onto the field, they're like, this guy's brothers with with Alex and Christian, and I'm like, wow amazing uh, people have family and you know sometimes they have similar interests that's <laughs> like, absolutely uh, wild it's wild insanity like when 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 diego chara retires you know what are they gonna talk what are they gonna talk about during the the timbers games right mm -hmm. it's like you know what's yeah, gonna I, happen they'll show him in the stands and be like they're brothers, in case you didn't know. His brother's here. <laughs> brother's here to support. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, just, just going back to the the messy chipping it over Brody, like, I don't know. Great awareness and all. But I feel like that's a little bit disrespectful. Like, yeah. Because... Because it's it's not the fact that he just chips it over him. It's the it's he's he essentially uses Brody on the ground as like a screen, because yeah. like the RSL players don't want to step on him, mm -hmm. or they don't want to they don't really want to be near him and you know running over him, um and that's the part like and it, the fact that everyone is just kind of like oh my gosh Messi Messi's so cool for doing that and it's like okay like that's 
generally not what you're supposed to do. But we're, we'll just ignore it because it's messy. Yeah, and I was also bothered that none of the... None of Brody's teammates mm -hmm. really defended him in that situation. Yeah. Like, any, any other player does that to Brody, and Brian Vera's up in his face. Yeah. You know? Like, they're letting him hear it. They're like, that's not cool, man. They were What's nervous. And then, because it's messy and that he's everyone's idol, no one said anything. No one defended Brody. They just kind of, like... We're like, okay, good. The play's over. Mm -hmm. And then Messi's just over there grinning. You know, like I. Yeah, I it's like he. It's like he doesn't care. You know, like this is yeah. all a joke to him. Yeah. That's and the I part. Yeah. I don't care who that is. Like, Brody's teammates, the rest of the team should be, should be at least saying something in Messi's ear. Yeah. Right. That's your job as Brody's teammate. Mm-hmm. So that bothered me. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, just in general, like, we looked pretty sloppy, first off. Second off, we looked a little nervous, mm -hmm. I think, because playing against Messi. And, yeah, it was pretty terrible all around. And I was like, great. And Not how you want to start. <laughs> I I honestly think, like, if I could, like, give this game a summary, it's like, Miami is bad, but RSL is worse. You know, yeah. In this game, because like, there there were there were plenty of opportunities for RSL to score that Miami honestly just like gifted to them. You know, mm -hmm. well like at one point Chicho takes it off of the foot of Kristoff, their center back, and then somehow we don't score off of that play. It's like, yeah, it was. It was just kind of painful to watch, and, you know, I don't know. RSL definitely needs to uh, needs to do better than that if they're going to be competitive this season. Yeah, it was a rough game to watch. Um, and you didn't see, like, the new tactical vision in mm -hmm. that one. The St. Louis game, however, yes, if, if we're ready to transition to the St. Louis game... We are ready Which, to transition. Okay. Which, by the way, we totally forgot to preview last episode because we were so excited about the beginning of the season that we didn't even bother to check. No, it was because we were in awe of Messi. Oh, yes, yes. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch Messi. Messi, 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 Messi. <laughs> yep. That, that, was, that was us. Yeah. Um... Yeah, St. Louis was better. Like, I felt like in the St. Louis game, I could see the new you'd see, tactical You'd see vision. the vision, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, we didn't... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Like, uh, just in general, dominated possession, were the better team, um, looked good. Same issue we had against Miami. I mean, one of the issues we had against mm -hmm. Miami, but but similar between both games, unable to finish quality chances. Mm -hmm. And I'm really worried that's going to be a trend this season. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. anyways, that that's like my general thoughts. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it kind of goes back to the, the fact that uh, when you're playing with one striker, that striker has to be, you know sharp and chicho still didn't look he looked better but he didn't look sharp and if you go back to the goal it literally comes from that like chicho's touch on that goal perfect sets him up to be able to take that that shot and as soon as soon as that happens you know we score and it was from mm -hmm. a great build-up and you know it's like that's all we needed we needed a, a striker who was going to you know take advantage of the and you know do do the right thing in the right right situation um so i'm hoping that as the season goes on he is going to get back to the chicho we know and love um and will actually be dangerous um another thing that i wanted to mention is that like i think it's a 
like it's apparent that you know Pablo Ruiz isn't really a number 10 like we're gonna we're gonna keep playing him in the number 10 slot um as long as Crooks isn't um you know fit to start but like I feel like it, it was you know much better like we looked a lot more dangerous with Crooks at the 10 as opposed to Pablo Ruiz yeah and, I think this was the game where Ruiz had a breakaway and he just wasn't fast enough to uh-huh. like take it and take the shot so he tried to slow it down and find a pass and ended up just losing the ball that was a frustrating one well that was the moment where it's like that that right there is someone that isn't a number 10 with mm-hmm. a breakaway and unsure what to do in the situation you know and like like i see i see like the potential there because he is like he is such a good passer and like he sees the game very well but like he's got a good shot yeah yeah that but that doesn't mean that he's gonna be a good number 10 right and like that's not a knock to pablo ruiz in any way i still think he's one of our best players um but like we have to use him in the you know where he's going to be best and i and i think that that's at you know the the c the cdm position and i yeah. i think that pablo would probably agree with me not not pablo masteroni but pablo reese because obviously pablo masteroni doesn't agree with us um but yeah he's, it, yeah he's got the skills to be a 10 but he doesn't think like a 10 and mm-hmm. he doesn't move like a 10 mm-hmm um which so like he can do some 10 things but then there are other moments where you know you're expecting him to make the run that a number 10 would make and uh he doesn't which i mean like that's like in the in you know in the spirit of getting your best players onto the field like once crooks is able to play a full you know game you know to start like i feel like they're gonna be much more dangerous because you've got the you know the service from pablo ruiz kind of like the backline playmaker style but then you've also got the playmaker style of crooks um and you know that might be what their offense needs to generate even more chances so i'm excited for that personally when we have them both on the field and they're both able to combine and they both you know interchange with the offense and you know, so that 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 feels like it's going to work out pretty well. Mhm. Yeah. I think uh Anelli had a really good game mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah. He started in place of Palacio and played a lot better than Palacio did against Miami. Mhm. Um that is a really interesting debate. Once we get everything back and ev- everyone back and healthy like Ruiz is one of the CDMs and who is the other one gonna be because in my mind you've got Ojeda and Anelli battling for the number two mm-hmm. and then Palacio's a clear step behind yeah so like Ruiz is a locked in starter you're either gonna have Anelli or Ojeda starting next to him mm-hmm. and then Palacio is at the bottom of the pecking order there, which is crazy because. And Ellie's a super know. draft pick who, you know, played wing back. Yeah. And Ellie's just like impressing so much. Like mm-hmm. we paid good money for Palacio. We paid even more money for Ojeda and, and Nelly might have a good case to be starting over both of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally think that we're going to go with Ojeda I do too. And like Ojeda's really solid. Yeah. He he isn't flashy, but he puts in the hard work. I I do think that a lot of people like underrate Ojeda mm-hmm. just because he isn't flashy, but he's so consistent. Yeah. Um but I mean, if, yeah, if you're talking about what the order looks like after them, like I I agree with you in that aspect. Like Palacio is de- like he's a, he's a step behind Nelly in this uh in this a- aspect. So Mhm. 
What do you think about right mid too? Um, because a lot of people have been not too hot on Gomez. Honestly, I I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I was okay with Gomez as right mid. Like I am too. He's very creative. Mm -hmm. The argument is that he does a whole lot of fancy stuff with no end product, which well, is valid. I mean, so does the whole team. <laughs> at yeah. this point. <laughs> but like maybe the team could be better if we put a killer in at right mid. I don't know. Maybe I like a Julio or a Barajas. Yeah, I I I see it. It's gonna be what it's gonna end up being is whoever is in the best form at any given point, right? Because you've got like you've got Luna, who's a locked-in starter on the left. You're you're either gonna have Ruiz, like you're gonna have Crooks, and then if not Crooks, Ruiz. Um, and so, you know, that leaves that position up for grabs for either Gomez, Julio, um, Barajas. I'll throw in Chang because I still think that he's a consistent player and he could, we definitely could see him start at that mm -hmm. position. Um, so like, it's, it's really just going to come down to who has the, you know, who's in the best run of form. Um, I agree with you, but Julio was in the best form coming out of preseason, out of anyone. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't been able to buy a start. I don't know. I feel like the... Um, I, I feel like Julio is should be the backup for Chicho because I don't know who else is. You know, like... Uh, are we planning on playing Chicho 90 minutes every game? I don't feel like that's a very good decision if that's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I would almost take Julio out of that debate because he, he should be the backup for Chicho. Well, we've got Elijah Paul. I guess so. I'd rather have Julio in than Elijah Paul for the Chicho's backup, if I'm being honest. Yeah, same. But, but, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm i just over here talking myself into Julio starting again. <laughs> yeah, we, we all know how that works out, Josh. It doesn't work out how we think it's going to work out. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. But, man, he looked... He was killing it in preseason. Mm -hmm. And then, in the limited minutes he got against Miami, he, he was... Like, beating people off the dribble just like Gomez was. Mm -hmm. But he was actually, like, I don't know, progressing the ball forward in a dangerous way. Okay. Gomez Let... was beating people, and it never felt dangerous. Julio felt dangerous when mm -hmm. he was on. Let me, okay. And I also thought my biggest gripe with Julio, okay, there's actually been a lot. The offsides <laughs> thing. Which doesn't look to have changed. Bro, Chicho was but offside so right many mid, times in the Miami instead game. Instead of striker, he's probably going to be offsides less because he's not yeah. like pushing the line. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, hold up. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, jeez. I thought I accidentally muted myself. <laughs> I, <was> just... <laughs> I didn't hear you. Just I'm just been, over here just been talking to yourself the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he also like really struggled with his link up play and his mm -hmm. touch on the ball was just bad. Uh, and in that Miami game, like his first touches were really good. He was dribbling past people. He had good control, which I felt like he's lacked in the mm -hmm. past. So anyways, I'm just, I'm really high on him right now. You know, that's, that is fine. And kind of the way that i see it is like i don't necessarily care who starts at that position because i feel like the the problems that we saw especially in the miami game and also the you know part of the problem that we saw in the st louis game is bigger than that 
Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I feel like um, they weren't lacking for chances and they just didn't finish the chances that they were given. And that that falls more on, like, honestly, Chicho at this point than anyone else. And so yeah. if, if we're going to, you know, we, we can we can talk about, you know, who we want to start as, as a right mid, but ultimately right you know how how we uh, at least how we've been playing up to this point everything is going to supplement chicho being the goal scorer and if chicho can't score goals then we might need to look at how we're playing and and come up with something differently yeah chicho did get the one goal against st louis though and i think it was gomez missed a really good chance yeah i mean like yeah. the other side of that coin is that Chicho got the goal and then no one else could score against St. Louis mm-hmm. and the other people had chances, you know, Julio mm-hmm. had a chance. Gomez had a chance. Um, yeah, but goal scoring already an issue. Um, I called it at the beginning we... of the season. I was like, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Yep. Yeah, I don't think if you were really following closely, I don't think you're surprised by this. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it can't change, but like this is kind of what I expected going into the season. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I'd like to clarify something. Like if you're going to play in kind in like a possession style, you know, breaking teams down, like. It doesn't have to be that you rely so much on like a goal scorer to score, right? Like presumably everyone should be able to score because you're possessing the ball and everyone gets in dangerous pos- positions. Um, mm-hmm. The issue is that RSL probably doesn't like it. It, it goes back to like the the quality of players that rsl has on their team and also the teams that they're playing against because you like in order to play this style you need to totally like out possess and outclass your opponents especially in the midfield and you know that puts other players in in different positions but if we're not going to do that then we need to have a goal scorer who's just like you know absolutely lethal whenever he gets onto the ball and that mm-hmm. the the latter seems to be more how we're trying to play at least, um, and maybe it's because we don't have the players skilled enough to just absolutely dominate the midfielder or, or whatever. So that's I I think that's an important clarification. Yeah. Yeah. So shifting from offense to defense. What did you think about the defending on the St. Louis goal? Um, let me see if I can remember exactly what what so, happened. It's a Denneran. It's a breakaway. There's a oh, ball yeah. over the top, and Vera takes a really interesting angle to try and body a Denneran off the ball. Mm-hmm. But you know, Vera's used to pushing around smaller guys. A Denneran's actually his size. <laughs> and a Denneran out physicals him. Yeah, and okay. Takes himself out of the play, and then Justin Glad allows him to cut inside, and then subsequently blocks McMath's view. I well, I know that like we were pushing, and that we're getting scored on because we have thrown numbers forward to try and get the winning goal. Um, yada yada, but like, I don't know. That one's totally on the center backs for me. Like Vera, just all Vera needs to do is take a good angle mm-hmm. and just contain. He doesn't need to like body him off the ball right there along the sideline, and then Glad should never be allowing him to cut inside like that. Force mm-hmm. him to the to the end line cut down the angle so that McMath can make the save, you know? Yeah. I just thought it was poor. And I think, I think it goes back to, cause, um, 
St. Louis was playing a 4-2-3-1, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to knowing, you know, who's on the field, and you have to like, you have to make that switch, and like how you're going to defend based on who's on the field. Because with Klaus, there is no, like, you don't have to worry about Klaus running in behind because he's, he's slow. You know, mm-hmm. he's an old man. He's not going to beat you for pace. Um, but as soon as a comes in, like the center backs have to be aware of that. And ultimately, if Vera is aware of that, like, because because he, he does push a It's just that a is way faster than he is. So he, you know, takes a touch forward and can just run around him. Mm-hmm. Like he need you need to be aware of that and and adjust accordingly to to how they're playing. So I think I think ultimately it comes back to that that they didn't make that switch and all it took was one one moment one mistake for them to uh to level it. Um, and and it's unfortunate because other than that RSL was was honestly the better team i think i think stats wise they they were the better team and just from like the eye test they looked like the better team so it's unfortunate that they came away with 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 a tie from that as opposed to a win yeah for sure my uh i will say the one goal we scored was a really pretty one Mm mm-hmm uh the the one touch back heel from luna then the one touch from crooks into space uh it was nice and then i also want to shout out specifically andrew brody but also hidalgo as well while i was disappointed in the center backs on the goal i thought our wing backs had really good games like if you remember andrew brody had a goal line clearance two goal mm-hmm. line clearances in the same like sequence earlier on in the game i thought he played really really well almost like he had a chip on his shoulder or something yeah from a messy incident (laughs) i don't know yeah i'm just saying um and i've historically been kind of low on bodhi hidalgo and while i don't think he blew it out of the park he was good like he was the second yeah. best defender on the field tonight. Yeah. Behind Brody. So No yeah. Oh, yeah, I I agree with that. Also, uh Fot Mob has St. Louis playing a 4-4-2. Interesting. I'm pretty so, sure they showed it as a 4-2-3-1 before I'm, the game. I'm pretty sure they did as well, but you know, whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. They may have like shifted once they took Klaus out. Mhm. Um but yeah. Anyways, um, I guess we kind of didn't mention this, but like Noel Caliscan and Fidel Barajas both got their MLS debuts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Noel Caliscan was with the first team. He was signed to a temporary hardship contract. He is not an RSL player, a first team player. He's a Monarchs player but just temporarily he was able to play with the first team. But anyways, um, him and Barajas both got their MLS debuts. So congrats mm-hmm. to those two. Um, yes, congratulations to them. Um, and uh, someone we didn't get to see is uh, Katranis. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly he's still working on visa stuff do you th- i mean we haven't seen katranas but do you think that having a solid uh left back would have helped us in any any situations that they encountered against st louis specifically just anything uh what did it have improved the performance i think so be, so, I haven't watched Katranis play, but from what I've heard, he's pretty solid defensively and not too great at going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, our starting wingbacks are Brody, 
and someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's a not when it's Anelli, uh, you can tell he that's not his natural position. He typically gives wingers way too much space. I think he's a really good player, and I think he does decent at right back. But you can also tell that he doesn't play it quite like he should. Yeah. Um, Hidalgo, eh, on both offense and defense. Oviedo, probably our best wing back going forward. Sometimes suspect on defense. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like if you're asking me right now who I think our best wing back is, it's Oviedo. Okay. Um, but from what I've heard, Katranis is solid defensively, not great going forward. Where I'm going with this is that I think Brody also isn't too great going forward. Um, at least in his current state. Like most of his touches are negative. Yeah. And he's just focused on retaining possession. He doesn't really like get forward. He's not dangerous. I don't think Katranis will be super dangerous. Um, but I do think he will be a step up defensively on mm-hmm. say Andrew Brody. Well, and that's interesting because Pablo has explicitly stated that in on offense we want to play more like a a three four two one. Mm-hmm. So presumably you have Katranis playing at left back, and then we shift so that whoever's playing right back moves kind of into like a a wing, a you know a right mid position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we, we go forward from there. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Cause if you're going to have someone playing as a, you know, a, a makeshift center back, then it would be, you, you'd want them to be good defensively. So, right. He'll, he'd probably fit really well into that style of, of attacking. Yeah. And I do think it. Like, my understanding is it oscillates. Like, whichever side we're attacking up. Yeah. That wing back will move up, and the other one stays home. So, like, that means also sometimes Katranas would be the one getting forward. That's true, yeah. And the other wing back would be staying home. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, we've been playing for years with Andrew Brody really pushing forward into the attack, and I don't think he's super dangerous. I don't yeah. think opposing teams think he's super dangerous, right? Like, he's a defender getting into the attack, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it will be interesting to see because, like I said, uh, he's very much a wild card. I hope he's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I see. Hope. That That's the – I feel like that's, that, that's the biggest – that, like, sums up this weekend. Like, all right, we'll see. Like, mm-hmm. like we can kind of see like a glimpse of like what they're trying to do here, but it really hasn't like worked out yet. So it's like, right, we'll see. And you know that's interesting because, you know, RSO really has a tough first couple of games this season. You know, with Miami, St. Louis, and then also with their next game against LAFC. Like that is a tough first couple of games. You know, tough yeah. way to start the season. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add on St. Louis? Because if not, we'll... No, I... On. Yeah, I, th- I think... Well, I will say this. I think that Luna really struggled to make any sort of impact in the Miami game. Um, mm-hmm. he, he definitely seemed more uh, dangerous in the St. Louis game. Um... And honestly, like, that might just be, like, how, you know, the team started off slow. You know, like, it was the first game of the season, and, you know, they'll start to find their stride more as the as the season goes on. But I would like to see more from, uh, from Luna. That would be nice. Yeah, he's had a pretty quiet first few games. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, that's all that I had. So we can move on to the we can preview LAFC. Okay, cool. Uh, LAFC first home game. 
Um, yes. It is this Saturday. So if you can, you should go. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too optimistic. Oops, dropped my phone there. So, yeah, LAFC played uh, Seattle, and they won 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle's only goal was a penalty. Yes. LAFC uh, has Hugo Lloris, which is interesting. Um, Danny Musovski went to Seattle. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But I was watching this the Seattle game, and all of a sudden Danny Musovski's coming off the bench, and I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Like. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Why does Why does Seattle insist on taking all of our players? It's like, comical at this point. I know, and it, it it's like they always play like terribly against us, though. That's that's the thing that's funny. Mm-hmm. Is that they steal? You know, they steal their head coach, they steal their you know designated players, they steal their you know their free agents, and they still can't beat them. Yeah, I didn't want to point it out, but there it is. Boom! There it is. Boom! <laughs> Looking for this. Um, but I don't know. Like this is gonna be a tough game because LAFC the games against LAFC are always tough um pablo did specifically say that he wants to improve their record at home so that should be interesting um and you know if they're you know if last season is any indication about how they're going to perform at home it they're going to perform worse at home than they will on the road but you know hopefully it's been reversed that they will perform better at home than they will on the road who knows yep maybe it's the new kits because this will be the first time we get to see them wearing the new oh yeah so excited Mm -hmm. good luck yeah it's gonna be good luck omen Mm -hmm. Um, well yeah shall we do uh lineup predictions Ooh. Yeah, you need to, you have to go first though. That's my only okay. condition. Okay. Awesome. McMath at the back. All right. I don't think Katranis will be available yet, so I'm gonna go Oviedo, Vera, Glad. Oviedo is right back. Left back. Oh, okay. That, yeah, he's right back. We we yeah. read left to right. What am I What am I thinking about? <laughs> Um, and then I'm going to go Ruiz and Nelly in the midfield. Dang. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to go Luna Crooks, Gomez, Chicho. All right. I predict exactly what you predicted, except Ojeda in the midfield instead of an Ellie. Okay. But you, you agree with me that you think Oviedo's going to start this one? Yeah. All right. <sighs> nice. Yeah, I kind of feel like he's due a start. I'm surprised he hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. I know he's getting older, but I still think he has the most quality. Um, yeah. But this game's going to be interesting because, you know, we've got new RSL tactics rsl wants to possess um and lafc at least last season generally tried to hit more on the counter attack so i mean they're they're good in possession but like you know with with like denny bawanga up top like very good on the counter attack yeah their game plan has just been defend well and then give it to bawanga yeah I think that will still be the plan this season. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it'll be a clash of styles. Yeah, and generally, um, whoever's better gets to exert their style of play on mm-hmm. the game. So, you know, LAFC's probably going to be content to show RSL the ball 
Um, but they will really punish them on any sort of giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to be perfect in the midfield. Yeah, that's not instilling confidence. But. <laughs> okay, dude, one, one thing before we like, yeah, Matt Crooks is tall. Oh, yeah, I think like, he's the tallest guy on the yeah, team. Yeah, right dude, now. he's huge. Like I, yeah, I understood that he was like six four. Like I, I knew that in my head. But then, like seeing him compared to everybody, I'm like, this dude does not look like a number ten. He does not have <laughs> the build of a number ten. Like him standing next to Pablo Ruiz, who's I, like what five four. Yeah, I was like, bro, <laughs> he's so tall. Anyways, we, I, I feel like we needed to mention that. Yeah, I do think like we've always been good on set pieces. But, dude, I cannot wait until we have uh, Vera, Glad, Crooks, and Chicho all in there on corner kicks. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to be super dangerous, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. Also, uh, I, w- uh, I will say, yeah. I just remembered this about the St. Louis game, but St. Louis does have Roman Berkey in goal and they did have a pretty few they had a few good looks that probably would have gone in if it wasn't Berkey in goal mm-hmm. and that's just because Berkey's a good goalkeeper so maybe all hope is not lost yeah maybe we're okay way to be positive mm-hmm. um but this game against LAFC is at 10 uh, not sorry, 10 it's at 10 for you 10 a.m. 12 p.m. for for us. Wow, that is an early game. Yeah, Jeez. I don't I don't know why cuz usually they do that if like something else is going on in the stadium. Mhm. But like I'm not aware of anything happening at America First Field that night. It was probably just Apple saying this is the time you get. Do yeah, you know they're it? like we want LAFC to be early. Yeah. Because. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you got score prediction. Ooh, bro, I'm, I'm feeling. It. I think RSL wins two zero. Wow. I feel like. Really? Yeah, dude. Okay, last time we played LAFC, we won. Hmm. I think okay. I think Chicho's gonna let him have it. I'm gonna say three to one LAFC. You have no faith. They haven't given me reason to have faith yet. That's true. Yeah. And I guess like, Hugo Lloris might be better than Roman Berkey. I think we're gonna score at least one, but I'm pretty like Buanga's gonna score two. All right, 2-2 two, two, then. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm serious. 2-0. Okay. And I'm sticking with my 3-1. All right. I'm here for it. We have the optimist and the pessimist. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got a sudden burst of, like, optimism. Good. Keep those vibes. The team put, uh, It's called karma. I'll put it out into the universe, and the universe will reward me. Yes. They'll reward you too with pessimism. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's how like it works. Negatives. I'm confused. Double negative. A pessimistic. If reward. you multiply a negative with a negative, you get a positive. Hmm. Quick maths. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I. I don't know. You got anything else to add? That's all I've got. Nah, bro. Does Carlos Vela still play for LAFC? I feel like he should have retired at this point. Oh my goodness. Did they sign him back? Or is he still, like, unsigned? Like a free agent? Yeah, I don't actually know. Bro, I need to check this. Dang. I gotta check this this stuff, man. Um... Well, he didn't start. I don't um, know that he's on the team. I don't think he is on the team. 
Wow. He was not on the roster. So. I, I don't think they've signed him then. That's crazy. Well, dang. Rip. Hmm. End of an era. LAFC, LAFC is still good. So. Or maybe they're not. We don't know. They beat Seattle, but maybe Seattle's bad. It's the beginning of the season. We don't know what is going on. Yeah. I don't. Man, I don't know. We'll see. But no Carlos Vela is pretty crazy because he's their Demir Krylock, you know? But there's no Demir Krylock either. Mm-hmm. So what's up with that? It's it's the year of legends leaving their longtime clubs. Lodero to Orlando, too, leaving Seattle. Bruh. Oh, that's something. I changed my Eastern Conference team is now Atlanta. What? Just because. Dude, I'm still on the Orlando train. I really like them. I like them. They're like they're my like, second favorite team. They're good, but they're not pretentious. They're not annoying. Yeah. You know? Miami's just bad and pretentious. Yeah. I feel like Atlanta's a little pretentious. Well, I, th I feel like it's just the hype surrounding Tiago Almada, TBH. But Atlanta's always been like that when they had Yosef Martinez and there's always the turf discussion. Like they should be playing on turf? No, Ad Atlanta does play on turf. That's part of why Miles Robinson left. Fair. You didn't hear all that? Like he literally said like part of why I didn't want to play for Atlanta anymore is that they always play on turf. Well, Miles... You still gotta play on turf. Yeah, occasionally, but not like practicing there every day. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, we don't have to. Yeah. But yeah, my I've switched because low key Olivia and I want to move to Georgia. Low key. Don't tell anyone. Okay, you're putting this out on the internet, but okay, I won't. Low tell key. Anyone. Loki, keep it on the DL. <laughs> so, I'm manifesting it. Yes. Good stuff. Georgia, yeah. though. Mm, sounds sweaty, but... Mm. Where where would you want to move? If you could move anywhere in the United States, where would you want to move? Arizona. What? What? Mm-hmm. Why? Dry heat, baby. Come on. <laughs> Come Actually, on. okay, I changed my mind. Colorado. Why? Uh, because the climate is similar to northern Utah. Bro, just moved. <laughs> but I don't want to move to Utah. I don't want to move back to Utah. I want to go to Colorado. Okay. Pe the people are cooler in Colorado. Bro's doing everything to not move back to Utah. <laughs> everything yeah. in his power. Yes, that uh... is true. All right. Also, like we we stopped, we ran out of material like ten minutes ago, and now we're just we're just vibing. Yeah, just yeah. Skip to the end. I guess. Well, at yeah. this, if you hear this, you're already at the end because I assume we're gonna stop in a little bit. So <laughs> go back, skip to the very end, and then you won't have to listen to this part. Awesome. Yes, don't listen to us. And on that note, um. Thank you for listening to us. <laughs> he pulled the and... 180. He pulled the 180. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. <laughs>